Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast. I'm Stetson. And I'm Gabe. And this is our bonus episode. We're covering all of our favorite tech products and highlights from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, Gabe, I think this is going to be exciting. Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a thrown together. You know, we're going to just make our way through a ton of products that we like that are just part of all the, you know, just massive amount of products that we've seen released this week and ones that we've seen teased. A lot of these products will never actually uh, make it to shelves, make it to, I guess, maybe not many stores are selling things, so not to shelves, make it to people's hands. So we're not going to have prices for a lot of these things. There's not going to be release dates, but for some of them, there are going to be. So, yeah. It's it's a mixed bag. I think for a lot of products, they are concepts. They're companies showing the possibilities, the future that they're imagining um, and the technology they have and what they're capable of doing. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, not a whole lot of these products are going to be coming out. And as you said, there's a lot to cover. So there were over 175 people attending last year's conference with over four and a half thousand exhibiting you companies. You mean 175,000? Yeah, 175,000. Did I, I say something you, different? You said 175. <laughs> oh, wow. That'd be really small. Could you imagine? All I, was like, space? I, I was like, gosh, I hope there was more than that. 175,000 people, four and a half thousand exhibiting com- companies, and over a thousand speakers. So there's a lot that happens at CES, and there's a lot to cover. And we're going to be going over our highlights. And I think we actually did a pretty good job breaking these down. So we have Phones, drones, cameras, smart homes, TVs, laptops, and possibly some audio gear. Yeah, drop um, the beat. It's like phones, drones, cameras, smart homes. Oops, TV. Oops, oh, we need another thing oops. that would rhyme with something like uh, that. Oh, oh well. well. Well, I'll be putting up actually a list or kind of like, you know, with links and photos on my website. Uh, and then I'll have a link in somewhere in the description of this podcast because it is it is a ton of stuff to go through. So if you want to go check out anything that we mentioned in the podcast... Uh, as well as some other stuff that might have got released, you know, on Wednesday after this comes out, then yeah, go go to the, um, through that link, and also I probably will use some affiliate links there, so we might actually make our first money on this oh, podcast. That is mind shattering. Whoa, whoa, what is this? No, that probably I mean, won't actually, ever if I check my Salt Lamp affiliate links, you guys have actually uh, been just blowing them up. The so Salt thank Lamp you for that. market is just on fire right now. No, it's I don't good. think we saw any of those released yet. Yes. <laughs> We saw, I mean, we did see the Impossible Burger, uh, or Impossible Foods release their pork, uh, I guess, fake pork meat that they have come up with. So that's that's not even really a tech thing, but that was released at CES. So. I, know, I think food food is a science. Science is similar to technology. They go hand in hand. So I can, I can kind of see or, it. Or mouth in mouth. Yeah. Uh, oh, as, mm, maybe as not. Be. Maybe well, not. As far as the Impossible Pork, uh, just the TLDR on that is it will be coming out probably sometime this year as far as availability and they're going to be trialing it at burger kings because that's actually where they're selling the impossible whopper right now and they're doing some kind of uh like impossible pork croissant thing i'm not really sure google it um but yeah i I figured we just include a little snippet there uh to give you a little taste of that before we actually get into the real tech stuff so what's up first stetson is it phones yeah, let's. I think we should dive into phones. I mean, yeah. we have this is, some. This quick is news your. That's this worth, is your category. So yeah, should we do any of the quick news items we have here? No, I no mean, quick news. No this quick is news. All, this is all quick news. All right. So all CES. Just go right into phones. Phones. First phone. Uh, we had OnePlus. Gabe, you're familiar with OnePlus. How yep. would How would you describe them to a to a listener? Like what they're is OnePlus? really. Uh, they started off as a, very much a budget 
company. I think you'd agree, right? Yeah. So, so I think that's a great way of phrasing it. They started out as the flagship killer. That was their their motto. Yeah, it, it was really well, like pr- well made premium phones, but priced at prices where you would be like, "Wow, that is a as a crazy steal." I want to say like possibly three hundred, four hundred dollars way back when. Uh, but and, and weren't they weren't they actually originally kickstarted? Uh, that could the be first phone, but they're owned by a parent company, so it doesn't. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. But either way, now they have become known for actually, you know, their prices have slowly gone up, and their phones still are very premium, but they just have, you know, prices that you would expect with a, I guess, a little lower, but about prices what you expect with a premium smartphone today. They're they're encroaching on flagship territory, and their devices are definitely worthy of flagship specs. They're delivering. Uh, high refresh rate displays, under the glass fingerprint readers, pop-up cameras, basically all the bleeding edge tech in phones. At CES, they debuted their Concept One phone. This was made in partnership with McLaren because this phone actually has hidden cameras. And what this is, is basically glass that can change opacity to hide the cameras. And I mean, this sounds really silly, on the surface level, uh, basically it kind of looks like some kind of aesthetic gimmick, but really what to me is cool is this could potentially work as an ND filter for your phone. And that means it's just gonna block out extra light, help you get potentially longer exposures in bright daylight scenarios and do some other creative things. But so, well, well, would you be able to take it off? Like You can't, well, so there's a setting in the phone. So this is actually software enabled. Oh, okay, I get it. So it's it's electronic that you can turn this on and off. Yep, that's correct. So in the camera app, there's actually, I think it's equivalent to an ND8 filter, but there's a, you go into pro mode and there's a setting where you can enable it and the glass will tilt its opacity and shift to its darker shade, which actually blocks out light about equivalent to an ND8 filter. And then you can uh, either decrease the exposure of your images or, or do your creative shot. And you it actually switches or just, really fast. Or just fast. use it to hide, hide the cameras, though, too. Yeah, for aesthetic purposes or whatever. I mean, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't super you don't really for me, You but. don't really love that. No, I think it's silly. I mean, the other big thing is that it there's no camera bump. Like, I miss the days oh, wow. when we didn't have camera bumps, right? Now all of my phones the, rock and rattle. There was a day. What, what do you mean? Phones have to have camera bumps. No, right? go back like iPhone SE and earlier. Like those were the days. Yeah, I remember when they first uh, released the first phone that or the iPhone that had the camera bump, and people were just memeing all day about how it was like you'd put it down and it would bump, you know, and be off like not perfectly flush with the table. But yeah, you're right. We totally have gotten used to it, and most pe- most people do often have. Uh, case on their phone so yeah yeah, i guess it's not really a huge problem doesn't really affect it then so this is called electrochromatic glass and basically it changes its transparency when electricity is flowed uh through it so that's how that works wow that's really cool it's it's neat and again i think it's most useful as an nd filter pretty silly this is a a concept phone concept not coming out no price no release date we may see so who it knows how they'll eventually, eventually employ this yeah. technology, but cool. Um, I guess some quick updates on the Galaxy S10 Lite and Note 10 Lite. These were on display at CES. Reviewers got hands-on, and basically they're weird phones. I actually was looking into this, and the phones are the same design 
as a previously released Galaxy A51 phone from Samsung. And really what Samsung is doing is uh, people, like they don't wanna buy the Galaxy A51. Like that's just not a sexy name. They yeah. know the Galaxy S10 brand, that line of phones is typically associated with being more premium. So all Samsung is doing is rebranding some of their lower end phones um, and basically trying to target a budget-minded consumer. So that's that's very sneaky. That's what's going on there. And then lastly, in the phone world, uh, three phones stood out to me. TCL, known for making their TVs, they actually released three uh, three phones. Well, I don't released announced announced is the better word. Yeah. Uh, they announced the 10 Pro, the 10L, and the 10 5G. And uh, to give you a quick summary here, the 10 Pro, as you'd imagine, professional phone. It's got that teardrop notch, variable refresh rate display. We don't know if it's either 90 or 120 hertz, but should be smooth. Apparently, it can turn SDR content into HDR content while you're viewing it. It's got an in-screen fingerprint reader, four cameras on the back, um, and a headphone jack. And then the 10L and 10 5G, are basically the same phone. I think one just has 5G. Um, four cameras on the back again. The fingerprint sensor is on the back, and these should be coming in under $500. And yeah, wow. and that's that's big because this will be the first phone that's 5G that's under $500. Okay, so that's yeah. I mean, that would be able to put it in a lot more people's hands potentially, which makes it a bigger incentive for cellular companies to actually you know, get out there in the field and put some more towers up that 5G yeah. capabilities. I was I was hearing from The Verge, TCL actually has great relationships with carriers. So if you walk into a Verizon store, you'll likely see these phones on display. And again, at that sub $500 price point, they could be great options for a lot of people uh, looking for more budget phones. And I think you said earlier, TCL is mainly known for TVs, right? That's correct. Yeah, so these have really, I know you said the, H SDR to HDR, you know, technology and then the variable refresh rate, like they're employing a lot of uh, good screen tech from the TVs in these phones. And it actually, personally, for me, that makes a lot of sense because I spend more time staring at my phone than I do at any TV or larger screen. And yeah, you watch your uh, YouTube videos vertically. Ver I will not vertically. I watch it with my phone vertically so that they're horizontally at the top, oh, only gosh. taking up about like you know, I think what's that like two inches by like an inch and a half because it's just for me, it's too much commitment to turn it <laughs> sideways or to hit the thing to full screen it. Like, gosh, I feel like I've just like signed away my life to watch this video. I don't yeah, want to do of, that. You're one of those people. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's what I took away from for phones. I thought I was excited about those phones. Uh, yeah. Gabe, let's let's move on to drones because you were hyped last episode about the new drones coming out. What did we see at CES and what is there to be excited about? Well, we pretty much saw kind of what we've expected. We actually haven't seen anything from X-Dynamics yet. They haven't officially announced the X-Dynamics Evolve 2. That's the one that's going to be around the $2,500 to $3,000 mark, kind of the Phantom 5 drone we never got. Uh, and that will probably be announced either tomorrow or the day after. But yeah, we basically know everything about that. They've put sneak peeks on their Instagram for the past like two weeks or so. But the drone we did actually see, um, even though we'd heard everything about it as well, but we officially got it, is the Autel Evo 2 drone. And Gabe, what is special about this? I was reading up on it. 
I was super excited looking through these specs, seeing everything confirmed what you had mentioned last time. I mean, it looked like we actually got 8K from them um, and a, a couple different models too, right? So what's going on there? What did they actually announce? So yeah, essentially there's one drone. It's the, they're calling it like the Evo Series 2 drone, but it can come with three different varieties of cameras. And the, the really good thing is unlike the Mavic 2, which, you know, if you want the Zoom or the Pro and then you want to switch, you have to send it back to DJI. They swap out the gimbal and camera module stuff. And then, you know, then you have the Zoom or then you have the Pro. With the Autel Evo 2, if you want to switch from one to the other, you just simply order that different camera slash gimbal uh, module, take it, swap it out yourself, and you're good to go. So you could go from, for example, they're offering a 6K version that has a one inch sensor. You could, you know, start with that, for example. But if you needed some super high resolution for photography, you could go with the 8K uh, camera that has 48 megapixel stills. That's just absolutely nuts. I mean, I feel yeah. like they're putting the smartphone cameras in drones right now, like the well, megapixel. That, that's, a, that's essentially what they're doing, yes. The megapixel count just exploded recently, and it will be it'll be cool to see that in the air. Uh, which one do you have your eyes on? Like, which one would you purchase of well, the ones? Well, wait, I didn't actually mention the third version. The third version is a thermal version that has the 8K sensor as well as a thermal camera, which it overlays. So that's intended for search and rescue stuff. So I guess not really applicable to most people, but it's still cool that they're you know releasing that. Right, taking uh, that consumer into their into their mindset, yep. kind of competing with the uh, Mavic Enterprise. 2 Enterprise. Yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, the one that I'd probably go with, I don't know. I mean, I've seen some initial tests out there. The 8K one looks really awesome. I mean, it sounds awesome, 8K footage, but I'm a little skeptical of the fact that it's a half-inch sensor, that it's 8K video footage. I mean, the file size is just going to be huge. Personally, I've really loved the experience with the Mavic 2 Pro that also has a one-inch sensor. So I would kind of lean towards the 6K version which has a one inch sensor because even though it's not as high resolution, you're actually getting better quality possibly and better low light capabilities. I think I agree with that. And the 6K sensor has the variable aperture as well. So you can adjust it. It's better for video getting that uh, 160th of a second locked in shutter speed. Um, and I think it's in the name too. That one's called the Evo 2 Pro, whereas the other ones are basically the Evo 2 and the Evo yep. 2 Dual for the 8K and the 8K plus the thermal sensor so yeah, yeah. still, uh, still other, super exciting though yeah it's very exciting the only thing we really don't know about this unfortunately is we don't know when we're going to see it and also what the price is going to be and that's that's the key thing for me as deciding which one i'd get you know i'm assuming they're going to put the 6k version um at the most expensive well probably the thermal version will be the most expensive because that's intended for you know yeah your industry and possibly your search and rescue people which are more businesses, uh, then they'll probably have the 6K version below that. I'm going to guess that will be probably 1700 1600 or so. And then the 8K version, I'm guessing, will come in around 1400 possibly. Yeah. But, uh, it's, but those it's, are just literally, I'm just spitballing figures it, off the top of my head right now. It's really too bad we don't know the full details. I mean, I would I would love to know uh, when it's coming out and the price point, but um, we're just still playing that waiting game, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they could be doing a bit of cat and mouse with DJI of when they might release their Mavic 3 and then, you know, announce the prices after DJI does. Uh, it's hard to tell, but this does actually give us a good idea of what we might see in DJI's upcoming drone. 
because the new uh, the Evo 2 has like a 35-minute flight time advertised, a 9-kilometer range, which is all above what the Mavic 2 has. So, you know, it kind of shows you what is out there in the drone world. And just I want to circle back to you mentioned how we're seeing this explosion in resolution that's being offered on these, both in phones and also in, uh, you know, for video on drones. And the, actually the thing that's enabling that surprisingly in drones isn't the actual advancement in sensors because we've pretty much always had, you know, to do 8K footage, you don't need that super high res. Like we've had 50 megapixel sensors for a while. But what it really is, is having the processing power to be able to process, you know, 30 frames a second of 8K footage and not have your drone either overheat, like chew through a battery just like Snap or, you know, not just buffer like frames instantly. Right. That's a great point. And, you know, I hope it it does improve. But also really the sensor size is what's most important uh, to me right now. And I think the one inch sensor uh, will likely actually be sharper than... Uh, the 8K sensor. That's that's my hunch right now, um, but we'll have to, of course, wait and see. One product we actually did see come out uh, was the Insta 360 One R, right? Yeah, this is a good this is a good segue because this is the one that was teased with them putting a drone and a action camera and a one inch sensor camera in a blender. So a lot of people actually thought it was going to be they were jumping into the drone market, uh, and unfortunately, or Possibly for, fortunately, that's not what we got. We didn't get a drone here. Gabe, so. what what did we see from the Insta 361 R? What happened? What what was the blender concoction? We didn't see the actual blender, right? Because that's something. No, you they had... didn't. They didn't release a blender. That was yeah. I was I was kind of thinking that would be a kind of cool thing. A blender with a camera in it, like yeah, yeah, sure. What did they actually? What's the hype? Because this camera looked awesome to me. It really does. Of all the things that we saw released at CES, probably this would be the thing that I'm most excited for. Uh, it's basically a shape-shifting camera. Like, whoa, not Gabe, that like, what what does that mean? A shape-shifting uh, camera? Like, okay, I think I hyped it up too much. Okay, think basically think of Lego. You know Legos, how Legos work. All right, I know. Think of an work. action camera and a 360 camera, uh, like they had a baby with Legos and boom, this is, this is what that is essentially. Because wow. you get you get three variants with it, but you can easily swap like kind of the Autel Evo 2. You can easily swap in between which versions you want. So for example, they have at $299, they're starting with a regular 4K action camera that's kind of like your GoPro 8, kind of like your DJI Osmo Action, but uh, it's $100 less and it has very comparable specs. So that, you know, GoPro better watch their back a little bit there. Uh, but then if you get bored with that, you can be like, hold on a second. Maybe I want a 360 camera. And so instead of going out and buying a whole new thing, you could just go with the twin bundle edition, which is basically they include both that 4K action camera module. And then they also include a module that you can swap out that has dual lenses and just plops in there and boom, then you got a 360 action camera. Yeah, I think this is actually a really brilliant design. Uh, and I guess to clarify, basically think of the DJI Osmo Action and you just cut that in half. So one half is the camera, one half is the display. And what you're swapping out is the camera unit. And Gabe, as you mentioned, you get... Well, it's, the, well you got to cut it into three actually because then you also at the base, you have the battery. Right. Okay. That's a good point. So you have the battery that links the two parts together. Yep. You've got one square that's your screen and then you've got one square cube i guess is really the better term that yeah. is your camera unit and you can swap out the camera units 
and you can flip the screen around so you can either have yeah it- this this was like the ultimate like uh blow to both dji and you know gopro because they've been dji you know come came out with this osmo action that has a front facing screen and gopro was like oh you know we don't really need that i think people are fine or we'll just do this module that flips up that you can add as an accessory and now insta 360 is like hold on guys we can just do this and you can flip it around like boom it's the best brilliant. of both worlds it's yeah. so clever and then it, you don't have to buy a whole new unit like you just keep the same unit and you upgrade your lenses as you go yeah it seems uh, awesome and then and then the other one so we got the 4k action cam we got the 360 camera then the big thing is that one inch sensor action cam, which you can also add. Whoa. Yeah. It costs an additional, I think, $299 of the module. So it's fairly expensive. If you buy it just as a standalone action camera, it's $549. But this thing is the first action camera to shoot over 4K because uh, it actually shoots 5.3K, uh, which is not that much over, I guess. But still, that's, that's incredible. And it's a one inch sensor. I think that's going to be really beautiful. I mean, the one-inch sensor, like you mentioned, on the Mavic 2 Pro, that has captured really outstanding footage. If this comes anywhere close to that and can be stabilized and just everything this camera is offering, I think it's going to be great. And Gabe, I would imagine with uh, interchangeable Lego-like components, uh, we wouldn't get any kind of water resistance or anything like that, right? No, yeah, that was a very what? Uh, Whoa! Did, did you actually know that this? Did you know that? Were you setting me up there, or did you not think that this had water resistance? I was trying to set you up. I was giving okay. you like an alley oop off the backboard. That was a good prop, but it was it was such good acting on your part. I couldn't actually tell <laughs> if you if you didn't know or not. But it does all the parts on their own have water resistance to five meters, so that's about fifteen feet, which I guess is a little bit under what GoPro and DJI offer with about thirty feet. So. But really, for me, if they're going to cut corners someplace, this makes the most sense because how many people are taking their action camera down to 30 feet? I really don't know. I mean, I guess if you're snorkeling and you go snorkeling with a 360 camera, boom, suddenly you capture everything, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, But to your point, I mean, if you're going to cut corners on one thing. But you can still take it. You can still take. I mean, if you're scuba diving is really the only thing and they do have a dive case for it if you need that. Boom. There you go. So that even solves that problem. So yeah. So. This is really, I think, honestly, the action camera parts are are cool. You know, I think they have incredible stabilization technology at Insta360. But the thing that I'm really excited for is this 360 camera. Uh, There's a couple aspects of it. One, because it's their new 360 camera, you know, their old one, the Insta360 One X. Kind of getting a little old, you know, the processor is outdated. They can't do as cool things. So now with this one, they're able to implement some new technologies uh, it's hard to honestly describe half of them, so just go to their website, check out. They put Actually, a really slick. They put a really to, slick video. Go to our website. Sorry. Go, yeah, go to on, Gabe's I'll website. He's going to have all of these products linked up, and you can you can find everything we talk about there. This is one to yeah. check out. Yeah, they put a super slick video together that is uh, hats off to whoever edited it. You know, it's on the music, it's moving, it's exciting, and so the really cool two cool things about this product that before we move on. Because we have, it's we have tons already of stuff super to get cool, to. and we're like, it's it's deserving know, so right? much airtime. Cool, how could this get cooler? Stephen? We're we'll floored. Do- Insta three sixty yeah. has impressed us. Yeah. Well, okay. Number one cool thing, which is just a kind of mini cool thing, which I don't think a lot of people have seen because it's buried in the specs. What is, is it? that? You can actually pair this with your AirPods 
What? So you can record wireless audio. Oh my God. Actually, I remember someone saying that. So you can pair it with Bluetooth microphones. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, Bluetooth isn't the best for audio quality, but if it's versus, you know, your action camera capturing you from 50 feet away while you're kayaking versus, you know, having the AirPods right by your mouth, like hanging out of your ears that can easily record what you're saying. That's yeah, it's a huge night and day difference. So So this is actually you could pair that with a proper lav mic like you could just use Bluetooth audio. So it's right like you have the source of the audio and then you get actually good audio and you can just sync them in post. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it would pull a better um, audio. So that's yeah, that's what's the second thing. Number one thing. Number two, which is the bigger thing and uh, is why they threw that drone into the blender is that they're actually selling a Mavic Pro and a Mavic 2 aerial kit that goes for $549 comes with that um, dual lens system and allows you to actually detach the lenses place this on on top of the drone you place one lens on the bottom you place the other lens and then essentially what you're left with after you record your video or whatever is video footage that has no drone in it oh my god that is unbelievable it's it's game changing like you have this is you have a flying 360 camera that captures everything perfectly and automatically takes out the drone. And automatically stitches it together. I mean, they had, I think Kodak had something for, I can't remember which drone they had it for, that you could put a like a bulky Kodak um, 180 degree camera on the top and on the bottom and it would stitch it together in post with some like really cumbersome software. But this is like, yeah, this is really small, you know, easily goes around the Mavic. You put them on top and bottom record video i guess the hard thing would be you just have to record video the whole time or do like take time-lapse photos because you can't control it while you're in the air so we're still waiting for a drone manufacturer like dji or autel to you know implement this in a drone with the 360 cameras but until then this is really cool and probably one of the few things that we've seen uh, come out at ces that i might actually order And you can order it today. I have heard they're still finalizing the firmware on it, so I don't know when exactly it's going to ship. Gabe, I know you mentioned pricing. Seven days is what we're hearing. Okay, that's really Um, soon. For some of the models, seven days for the uh, 4K action cam and the the bundle, like the twin bundle edition. I think the rest is about like two, three weeks or so. You, I know you mentioned pricing. Uh, Remind me what the pricing is and how this compares with GoPro just for like an entry getting into the action cam space. So if you're you're going for an action camera, it's $100 less at $299. And that's also about $100 less than the DJI one. And it's very similar specs, like literally almost identical. Oh my God. The only thing you're getting is just a different user experience. Then as far as pricing on the 360 end, you can for um you know for $479 you can get that twin bundle which is the 360 module and the 4K action camera module which compares to the GoPro uh 360 Max at you know the GoPro 360 Max is I think $500 so on and both it's, ends it's, they're they're coming in as the winner it's just the 360 camera with the GoPro too whereas with the well you can it you, it is a dual lens so it's essentially if you've seen it you know the gopro 360 max looks like they just plopped another lens on the gopro 8 yeah but i'm saying you purchase the 360 unit separately whereas with this it's like bundled together for like a i think it's a better deal that's potentially competitive pricing though no it's definitely they're going out on trying to claim some market space uh, market share and it's going to pay off and we're going to reward some consumers with some good products for 
decent prices. I love it. We also had uh, some more, I mean, that's a pretty professional looking action cam in my opinion. We had another pro camera come out for a, a lot of pro enthusiasts. Okay, this is pro, don't even, don't even say those two in the same sentence. This is pro <laughs> on a different level. Uh, we mentioned it in the last episode. We mentioned it even before then because many Canon fans, fans have been waiting for probably a year, two years for this. Actually, it's four the, years. Well, okay, but they you're not waiting since the first. Since oh, the, last I, the moment I purchase released. a product, I'm waiting for the next one to come out. That's what, that's exactly what's happening here. Okay, so maybe some people like you are, but this is the Canon 1DX Mark III. It is the new flagship Canon DSLR, and boy, is it packing, but boy, is it also expensive at $6,500. Yeah, I mean, this is really for professional filmmakers, professional photographers. Uh, this camera... It, it's expensive, but it also delivers a really big punch. So you're looking at recording, I think it's what, five, five and a half K internal. So it does, okay, so it does, yeah, it does 5.5 K internal raw, uh, which is just like, that's unmatched right now in the DSLR space. Uh, it does 4K 60 internal at 10 bit 422. And by the way, the, the raw is um, 12 bit. So yeah, incredible. And it can also, I've read, it can record the 4K 60 to 1, I'm pretty sure, and the 5.5K raw, or maybe 4K 30, I don't know. It can record in two different formats to the because it has two different card slots. Right, uh, right. And, and actually, the card slots are important. So they switched from CFast to, what are these, like mini CFast? They're like, they're a new type of card reader, yeah. but the read and write speeds are so fast there's basically unlimited buffer. That means you can hold the shutter down until your cards are full and the camera will continuing continue capturing images. You're looking at 16. Yeah, it has a it has a thousand shot buffer when shooting raw plus JPEG. That's nuts. Example. That's nuts. And that's that's 20 FPS. 20 F, so 16 FPS in uh regular mode, yep. I guess. And then if you go into live view, uh, which is when the mirror flips up and you see it on the back. That's when you hit that yeah. 20 and FPS. And this is, this is a, even though it's a professional camera, the only thing that probably seems honestly a little low is the megapixels. It's 20.1 megapixels. But remember, this is intended for like photojournalists and uh, sports photographers, people like that. And also it is really their flagship video DSLR. So you don't really need uh, super high resolution for that. You just need the, you know, enough to get 5.5K. It's built like a tank. It's got uncropped 4K video, and it's going to work with all of the lenses that the pros already have. Um, yep. If you're a, and if the big thing is, it has the dual pixel, uh, dual pixel CMOS autofocus. Yep, and way uh, more autofocus points this time around, which is yeah, 525 selectable areas, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. If you're a pro, like this is a dream come true. This camera looks phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so definitely go check that out. We will see a response from Nikon with their D6 probably coming, uh, I'd imagine February or maybe by NAB, but yeah, definitely before the summer, because as we've, this is, we're sounding like we're beating a dead horse here, but you know, the flagship cameras from all these companies are going to be out before summer because that's when the summer Olympics are. And that's kind of how they organize their release schedule with their flagship cameras. Are there any other uh, cameras we want to talk about? Well, that's what I was actually going to say is, you know, Nikon, we're going to see their new flagship model come out in a month or two. But until then, we actually did get kind of their mid to like pro level DSLR from them, which is the Nikon 
D7800, or no, D D780, sorry. Yeah, these, these names and numbers, like, oh, man. Uh, I want a camera to come out that's just called, like, Stan. You yeah, know? well, just, just, just let people figure out on their own what version this is of that camera. <laughs> Don't add all the model numbers. But anyways, this is the replacement for the D750, and it's coming in at, I think, $2,300, which... Yeah, definitely places it, you know, kind of in between, uh, you know, your entry level and your super pro cameras, right? Right. So I think right. that's that's about what the A7 III is about in that range, right? Yeah, it's it's been on sale for a little bit, but it's around that $2,000 mark. So right right in there. They're in the same, yeah. they're playing the same game. Yeah, so, but this is really what they're calling a new kind of DSLR. And basically, they're taking their super popular mirrorless cameras, the seven or Z6 and the Z7, and taking a lot of that tech and jamming it into this camera so that you can get, you know, a lot of the benefits of size and the performance while still getting the DSLR like uh, autofocus and the body. I think 2020 is shaping up to be a great year for cameras. Are, is there anything yeah. else we should just, know about? J- just, just spec wise, I just want to yeah. give you uh, the specs on this 24.5 megapixel uh, sensor that's backside illuminated. So that's directly basically taken from the mirrorless cameras. Uh, it's going to have 4K, I forget what the frame rate, but I'm pretty sure it's the same as the Z6 and Z7, which is the 4K60 internal. So yeah, this is really a great camera if you have the um, 750, the D750 to upgrade to, or if you have maybe a lower level Nikon, this is something you might look to upgrade to as well if you want to stick with the DSLR versus possibly a mirrorless camera. Yeah. Some people like, like DSLRs better. You know, it's true. I was actually uh, watching one reviewer mentioned that uh, using a mirrorless system, or excuse me, using a DSLR reduces eye strain when you're looking through the viewfinder because you're not looking at a monitor. A sc- yeah, and, the screen, um, it's straight through. Optical. Right, right. And it's potentially easier to have one eye looking through the viewfinder to see the action and the framing of the shot with your other eye open to see, uh, get a peripheral view of what's happening around in case there's another moment that you want to whip to and, and try or and capture so you that. Don't, or so you don't get hit by something, like if you're capturing... Another another great point, but usually they have like photography areas where all the photographers hey, I, are. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. When you're photographing like sports games on the sidelines and stuff, you got to be careful. You could get uh, elbowed. They, Someone else is you, coming. Well, in. not They're elbowed. You can shot. get the, the you know the football players coming right at you off the side, you know, off the field at full speed. Right, right. And that won't feel good. But yeah, so that that was pretty much it for cameras. Let's move on to smart homes. Actually, okay. Uh, smart home technology. There was a lot of. I wouldn't actually say that there was a lot of products released. You know, you got some Philips Hue stuff. You got a lot of security cameras. You actually got one of the first security cameras that integrates with Apple's HomeKit so that, you know, it can be processed by the HomePod and Apple TV and such and uploaded to iCloud and stored for you. Uh, But you also got a lot of companies kind of saying, this is what we envision the future. And I think even Samsung had a kitchen that was like had robotic cooks and was automatically ordering you stuff into your fridge and then cooking it for like it was like Gee, Samsung, this is like 10 years out. I know you're trying to like predict the future, but you're going a little far out here. Yeah, Samsung was basically like trying to pitch some kind of future reality that doesn't even exist and probably won't exist and is honestly going to be more of a headache than it's actually worth to set it up, to clean everything, to get it all configured. Um, but they they also had some interesting products as well besides this um, potentially cool but implausible uh, home kitchen. So 
What did Samsung come rolling out with on stage, Gabe? Oh, oh, there, there, that was very good. Uh, they had the Samsung Bali, which now people wait. know why that was such a good what? one. There, they're rolling out the yeah, Bali. Oh, wait, Samsung Bali. Yeah, I did actually. That is what that is what it's called, and what it is. Stetson, you're good at describing what things are and what they look like. So take this one. Away. Okay, sure. So basically, here's what you're gonna do, audience. You're gonna take a tennis ball. You're gonna scale it up a little bit. It's a little bigger than a tennis ball. And it's a robot that can wheel itself around. So naturally it's got a little camera on it. And uh, it's, I wanna say it like mimics the behavior of a very obedient dog. Well, so kind of like BB-8. Yeah, oh, that's Star great, BB-8. Yeah. It, it like follows you around. Uh, it's got a camera on it so it can detect you. Samsung mentioned that it will make sure you're on time for meetings control your smart home, and get you to work out when you'd rather be watching TV on the couch. Um, this just, I thought this was one of the weirdest products I think I've ever seen. And CES that, has a lot the, of weird the whole, products. The, when they said it'd get you to work out rather when you'd rather be sitting on the couch or whatever, yeah. that sounded very threatening. Like, what, what, what weapons did they pack in there? Like exactly. a teaser? Like, and on top of that, Samsung also makes TVs. So, like, they basically came from wanting you to sit on the couch and basically use well, they your want TV. You to, no, they want you to. Ha- they want you to have the TV. Just, just have the like, TV. Yeah. And then you you, they ha- you have to have a good balance in your life, so you can use all of the suite of Samsung products. All of the Samsung right? products. They exactly. make uh, washers well, and dryers too, by the way. For anyone who didn't know that, they're they make like, everything, they're everything pretty much. Yeah, they're everywhere. It's out of control. They actually did announce that they're going to be making a new like basically like the google home mini or the amazon echo i saw that and that's actually a good point because that means the bixby smart speaker they announced i think it was last year along the galaxy s10 i think it was on that samsung unpacked event uh that's just gone like that disappeared into the void yeah they they scrapped that pretty quick but hey that's what you get with technology move Um, on quickly right i think that's yeah the, the, the samsung bali looks really cool i don't know if we'll ever actually cool? see this you think it looks cool it's i'm sorry it's very i mean yeah there's probably not really any use for it functionally and uh it's probably going to be more of a hassle to get like get working and stuff but gosh i i really want one as long as they're not like upwards of 400 dollars, i'm going to be very tempted to get one that is interesting what what game what i'm just curious what tempts you to get this i don't know it just feels like it'd be I don't. It's just something a conversation piece, right? Like, <laughs> you just like something open the also, door, also it, greet your guests, something and just, to torture my cats with too. The ball just like rolls up behind you. Oh yeah, this is my new Bali. Yeah. What about what about dogs grabbing it? They didn't mention that. Oh, that could be a problem. Like new chew yeah. toy. Oh, there goes yeah. your four hundred dollar ball. Reminded you to be on time for meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like this. Oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we actually see this come to life. But I feel like this was definitely. Because they this came out on stage when they were doing their whole presentation thing, so I feel like this was more of a, you know, let's get some attention, let's get some press, uh, and not really something that we might see in the next year or two. I don't know. They seemed almost too excited about it for them to not release it. So, well, you know, we did get another little robot too. We did. did you hear about this? What was this robot, Gabe? This was by Charmin. Ooh, the Charmin robot. Tell me more. Yeah, Charmin. You, you do know what Charmin makes, right? I have absolutely no idea. What does Charmin make? They make toilet paper. Oh, they do? Yeah. yeah Wait. They make toilet paper. So they made a robot? They made a robot that will go and get you toilet paper. Because you've been there probably a couple times. I've been there too. 
you go, all right, let me just, oh, oh, no, 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 there is no toilet paper. Oh, I forgot to bring it up from XYZ, and now I got to figure something out. All right, what's nearby that I can use? Okay, there's a brush. Nope, probably can't use that. Oh, wait, what's this? It's my handy little Sherman robot that can go get it for me. Yeah, uh, this <laughs> this is something they didn't really say how it goes and gets it, how it navigates to go find it. Uh, yeah, there's but... a couple of problems I see with this. Like, how does it get out of the bathroom? Well, the thing that I think would be cool or smart <laughs> would or how it would work was you just set this up someplace in your house, like maybe where you store your toilet paper. Yeah. And then it's always there. For if you need it, you can, because people always have their phones on them. Just, you know, you can grab your phone, click, just come to me, and summon. it will come to you with that toilet paper. Yeah. Can it get upstairs? Do I need one for yeah, every man. floor of my house? Just just chucks it, smashes <laughs> it through the window. And like, wait. Gets it to you, like, any way possible, <laughs> but you will get that toilet paper. How is it different from just, like, having an extra roll, like, next to okay, the toilet? Okay, I'm, I'm not the person to ask these questions to. Oh, definitely. my gosh. This, this definitely... Of all of the, even more than the Bali, this seems like something we'll probably never see. But was def was a, a smart move by Charmin to steal headlines. Like uh, we're actually talking about a toilet paper company on the podcast now. Uh, I mean, if this is what smart home means for the future, in the future. yeah, this I is the future. I don't know if I want it. I mean, uh, I'm gonna have yeah, my like, Charmin rewind, rewind. <laughs> I'm gonna have my Charmin toilet paper robot colliding with my Samsung Bali. They're gonna get in a They're fight. fighting. There's going to be quarrels. Yeah. No, my dog's going to be unhappy. Separate different rooms. And then, yeah. you know, the laundry folding machine could get unhappy, and we don't want to dis- uh, upset that because that one's expensive. Yeah, that'll just smash these two together or something. <laughs> oh, my God. I think we should move on to uh, more normal products that are actually coming out, such as okay, that, TVs. That seems like a good relief. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I, Gabe, did, did you have any comments for TVs? I actually, I thought they were kind of interesting this year the the big thing i thought with tvs was obviously 8k we said that but i was really you know one thing we saw was the the funniest thing i thought was uh the samsung zero i think is how you're pronouncing this yeah yeah right? that was that was really interesting what so what's this is the deal a tv with that? that yeah it's a tv that's on a basically a motorized stand so if you pair your you know your smartphone with it either your samsung or your uh apple or whatever device and you're casting the screen or mirroring it. Uh, if you want to view some content that's vertical, you can either click the remote if you're using an Apple device or on a Samsung device, just literally rotate your phone and the TV will rotate from horizontal, uh, you know, that aspect ratio to vertical. You know what this like reminds that. me of? It reminds me a lot of the Facebook portal. I, as much as I hate to bring it that actually product does. Up, right? Yeah. It's just like... Uh, basically a bigger monitor because i think it's smaller right it's like um in that 40 it's not inch range. it's not a huge yeah it's like in the 40 inch range uh maybe 42 and it just sits on a stand and it can rotate horizontal and vertical I, do you well, like I mean, this idea well i i don't know about you but i've personally always wanted to just watch my tiktoks and Snapchats uh, dude, I was gonna and bring Instagram that up. stories on a tv this is yeah, the, this is the tiktok dream this is the snapchat dream like no this is the most ridiculous thing why the only reason you're doing that stuff is because it's on your phone. Like, that's where you're watching it. I would never want to watch Snapchats or TikToks or anything on a vertical screen. Yeah, well, let for, me any, just, for any extended period of time. Let me just put this uh, private content on this public screen in the home. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. No, that that's a weird one. Also, it doesn't even have a wall mount capability. So you have to have it on the stand. They don't have anything that can be on the wall that can turn it. 
anyway, so, I I tried to make this come back to more normal products. Uh, yeah, but sorry, one, I, I took us right off the deep end. On that. <laughs> right off the deep end, TVs have gotten weird too, everybody. Uh, the one well, the highlights for in. me, uh, the LG roll, rollable TV. Okay, there we go. this is Glad a TV that. that basically it rolls. So there's a base, and then the TV will kind of come up out of the base and roll up and be a TV, and then it'll roll back down and uh, it's it's utilizing their flexible oled display technology that is correct and we saw this last year never came out it's back this year it's actually going to come out this time says lg they, they say it's going to come out they say it's do gonna we have come a release out. date i don't think so we of course do not but i mean so. when it does come out eventually even if it's in five years lg can say they were right and it did come out which you know well, okay. Congrats to you, LG. Uh, the other big thing. All right. So TVs this year, and this happens every year at CES, they get packed with the latest gen TV processors. Uh, LG has what they call the Alpha 9 Gen 3 AI processor. Look at them throwing in buzzwords in their oh processor name. And this does all kinds of garbage stuff to your image, right? So it enhances it. I mean, like, what is that even? It's it's an image. Like, can it just display it? What they were What they showed on stage was it detecting humans and faces and then making pretty serious adjustments to those faces in the shows. Like, in my opinion, with these processors, you're no longer watching TV. You're watching like an AI-created film. It's an AI nightmare. Like, these are oftentimes, like, most things you're seeing on TV, maybe besides, like, live sports and, like, talk shows and stuff like that, is stuff that's countless hours of production value you know lighting they're going thoughts are behind everything set design and then your ai tv is just like hold on a second nah let's change the color of his jacket a little bit i didn't like that and oh hold on let's chop off the top of that hair you know it's yeah i i don't like that i do not like that either and and this is i want to say pretty consistent across tv manufacturers like for whatever reason, they think it's a good idea to modify the image instead of just displaying the image as it was intended. Until today, an LG announced filmmaker mode, and this is a special mode designed to display your movie exactly as the director intended it. That's what I'm yeah, excited about. That's, I mean, that's that's all we got to say about that. That's a very good thing. I'm glad they're finally doing this. It's the backlash to over you know correction though we did still see some upscaling stuff because they're you know with 8k tvs they're still having to deal with ai upscaling because there's not a lot of 8k content i'm okay with that the they moment. can they can upscale it you know whatever but to modify faces and change colors and do all kinds of manipulation i think that's over mm-hmm. the top so i'm actually surprisingly most excited about this simple filmmaker mode I'm I'm actually probably the thing I would be most excited about is the AirPlay uh coming to all TVs basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great for Apple users as well. Yeah. That's Well, that's yeah, that was pretty much it for TVs. Um we did uh, kind of tangentially related, you know, the PS5, we got the Xbox Xbox uh Series oh, X, yeah. is that what the next one's called? That we got to look at that back in December. So Everyone was expecting some big reveal yeah, so, you know, from Sony because the Xbox, we actually saw some images of it. And, yes, and so Sony Sony came out on stage during their presentation. Everyone was hyped. And everyone was ready. They they dove in deep with all the details and specs of the PS5, right? 
Wait, uh, did you... No, I don't think so, Stetson. I think this was a dream you had, because all we got from them was the PS5 logo. The logo? That's it? That's all they could do? That's all they could muster up the strength to do? The logo? Yeah, this is pretty, this is pretty bad. I mean, I don't know what they were expecting. Were they expecting people to just, like, bow down to them? Oh, my gosh, this is the best logo ever. Yeah, well, okay, but maybe it was ye. cool. You know, maybe I don't want to judge them prematurely. Maybe it was cool. I mean, so it, it's, it, it's not a bad logo. It's a, it's but a cool new logo, right? Like, it's different. It, it's something... Yeah, I mean, well, it's I mean, it's basically the same. Okay, uh, it's, it's, it's the same. It's slightly different, basically the same. But either way, it's even the if same. this was a groundbreaking logo, you know, it's just you don't. It's the wrong place in time. Like you're going on stage, making this huge presentation, and being like, "Here's a logo." No, just that's something you roll out casually on the side a week later or something. But they they yeah. also had a car out on stage uh, instead of their yeah, PS5. Maybe, maybe that was actually, they're wondering why people are getting mad, but maybe that was actually what the PS5 is going to look like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, I just want to quickly mention this. So this is called the Vision S. It's an electric yep. vehicle prototype. And what I thought was interesting is Sony didn't make this to say that they're making electric cars. They made this to show to other car manufacturers what Sony tech can look like inside the vehicle. Exactly, like their displays, their audio um, processing, all that stuff. All that stuff, and that's something I... And the, sel- the self-driving capabilities, too, with the camera. Right? Yeah, 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 that's something I forget. Like, CES is also kind of a B2B market where businesses are trying to market their products to other businesses, and um, yeah, so I think... To some extent, that's kind of why we see these concepts, and um, it can potentially form good business partnerships going forward. Yeah, you. I mean, partnerships were all the rage at this conference. Uh, Panasonic, you know, brought out Michael Phelps on stage for him to talk about. I'm not really sure what it was. It was some like charity initiative he's doing to help, like something. I don't know. I tuned that out. It was also uh, they brought out on stage. Who was it? It was the the founder of Elemental AI or Element AI, which is this. They do this AI that basically has been able to play Dota 2, which is this really complicated video game. And they brought him out. It was like, uh, you know, who's who with like, can we bring out the next big guest star or the next big celebrity partnership or whatever and impress all of our audience? But yeah, so, uh, you know, CES is a lot of show. That's why it's called Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, and but there is also some consumer electronics trickling out there as well. So let's move on to the laptop space because we've been going for a while now. Yeah, I, this was really cool. Uh, two concepts from Dell were announced. Okay, at so CES. here's some more show. The more show we had Concept Ori and Concept Duet, and these were both fascinating devices. Uh, Concept Ori kind of sounds like origami, and I think that's a pretty accurate description of it. It is a laptop concept with a 13-inch foldable screen, and it folds down to the size of a hardcover book. And what's interesting about this is it's just got that one screen. So when you fold it up and it is book-sized, you you can't actually use it, which is different from the Galaxy Fold. And um, yeah, can, can you fold it the other way or no? Is this this no. is the one screen? No, one? this is the one screen. It's basically a so, book, and it's kind of like yeah. it's like a folding tablet. And we had mentioned this, like you get extra portability, I think, from folding it. Like maybe that's more convenient or something. Um, and you can kind of hold it like a like a book, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
But th- this was definitely their more far out concept. The other one seemed more doable, I think. Yeah, and that's doable. It's it's actually called the Concept Duet, and this is this is legit. So it's a normal laptop, and it's got a screen where the keyboard is, uh, and this is very similar to the Microsoft Surface Neo. The screens can be used side by side or as a single stre- screen, and like the Surface Neo, it has a keyboard accessory that you can place on top of the screen and then use the exposed area of the secondary screen as a trackpad. So this this actually seems real, it seems good, it, it is more likely to come out sooner. Gabe, what are your thoughts on these products? I mean, uh, are foldable? I, well, I, I, are, I think the Duet is, is the right take. Like you said, it's, it's kind of like the Microsoft Neo, and we both agree that that was kind of getting on the right track a bit with these foldable devices. You can also, with the Duet, I know, fold it all the way open completely and use just one screen like a tablet. So if you want something a little more smaller, uh, then you can use both. Yeah, it just it just seems like it's very customizable to your specific needs. And so, you know, you can buy it and figure out uses for it as you use it, kind of. I think we really need one of these products to be finished, come to market, and then we'll figure out either how to use it or maybe where it's good, how it can be used, if it's good or if it's just a gimmick. That's that's often the way it goes with these, you know, companies sometimes get too far out with like, oh, this is how they'll use it. This is how they'll use it. And then they give it to the hands of consumers and, you know, they actually, oh, this is actually how they're going to use it. So let's make it more for that. Sure. Yeah, those are really cool things out in the future. Do we actually see any laptops that we're going to be out like tomorrow or, you know, saw a bountiful display of laptops from all kinds of companies. Uh, the one I thought was interesting was actually the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook. This is a premium Chromebook device from Samsung. It's got a really beautiful design. It kind of looks like a MacBook Air-esque. It's thin, it's light, um, and it, it is starting at $1,000, so kind of similarly that's, that's priced. pretty steep for a it's Chromebook. It's steep, but it's, it's packing premium specs and uh, that premium design, so... I think, but Chromebooks you still can't run native applications yeah, on. I think Dieter from The Verge said it best. Chromebooks do ninety percent of what ninety uh, for ninety percent of people they do ninety percent of what they need to do ninety percent of the time. So it's like almost but not perfect. If you're gonna get a Chromebook, this one is definitely gonna be a really nice piece of hardware. Uh, but it's also a Chromebook running Chrome OS. So that ten percent that you can't do what you need to do that 10% of the time, uh, yeah, you might just want to get a I mean, laptop We're definitely instead. getting more capabilities online and in cloud, like whether it's video editing even now in the cloud or, you know, Photoshop and stuff that are online applications potentially. So it, it's definitely getting closer to a possibility where you could pick up a Chromebook and be able to do 100% of what you do 100% of the time. But it's, I don't think this is quite there yet. That actually relates to what my predictions were for the future when we were talking about that. I think we're going to have servers everywhere and it's everything's going to be internet based. So you just access a remote desktop. And I, I remember you saying this. Yeah, I, I do. Right. I think this is probably very, very true as the transfers um, internet speed gets faster and more instantaneous. Yeah, that's why, why not, you know, let Google take care of the processing or Microsoft and, you know, I'll just handle uh, the display and that stuff. Right. And I think the last thing I want to mention for the laptop category is AMD introduced their Ryzen 4000 series of processors for mobile and desktop. 
there's so much to cover here. Honestly, if you're interested in either laptop gaming, laptop performance, or PC gaming, uh, check out Gabe's blog post. He's going to link to this. AMD is yeah. packing I'll some... Prob I'll probably drop in The Verge's 10-minute uh, supercut of this they're, presentation. They're packing some serious firepower. Uh, Intel is just getting blown like blown out of the water <laughs> they've they're just they're gone they're kind of wiped off the industry everyone is looking at well, amd I right mean, now amd has been for a while they've they were kind of like the second fiddle yeah you know? i would say they're, you, they've been the underdogs you would, if you got an amd laptop you'd be or like a laptop that an amd processor you'd be like oh, i guess yeah or whatever this isn't as good as an intel obviously but that's why i paid a cheaper price now they're getting into the point where it's serious competition and almost even better in some areas. They showcased one of their newest chips, and I think it was a 64-core desktop class processor, and it's retailing for only $4,000, and it outperformed a $20,000 desktop class CPU uh, from wow. Intel. So, yeah, AMD is bringing the heat. Keep it locked to. Well, you'll Gabe's. definitely have to see those. Is once this gets out, um, and we get some, you know, Geekbench uh, tests and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Oh yeah, but um, check out the post for for more details. There's tons of yep. of different stuff and varieties of chips. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I'm not gonna put all that in the post, but like just link to the AMD website and AMD's exactly. marketing will uh will tell you what you need to know. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. I just had two more things that didn't fit in any category. Sets in. That I don't I doubt you've seen hit me. What have you got? All right First one I got is a really general thing You know what Bluetooth low energy is well? I know what Bluetooth is it connects devices So I'm guessing Bluetooth yep. low energy is a way of maintaining that connection with low battery impact Exactly. Yeah, it's basically what we've seen probably in the past. I want to say two to three years maybe even four years with you know so many devices now use Bluetooth to either connect or initiate a connection like a lot of cameras have Wi-Fi, but they use Bluetooth like on the GoPro to all right Let me turn on the GoPro. Let me get the connection. Let me turn on the Wi-Fi Let me get the connected boom initiate Wi-Fi connection. All right, and we're good So blue BLE is what they call it for short has been really awesome in that sense And it's enabled a lot of really useful features that we've seen in phones uh, controlling different Bluetooth devices now we have a new protocol coming out Bluetooth low energy audio. Whoa. Okay, so it yeah. sounds like it's going to be Bluetooth low energy, but for audio transmission. Is that right? Yeah, you have figured that out exactly. Well, the name That's, was pretty much a dead giveaway. Yeah, I know. They're, 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 this is actually one category where they're naming things right and just very simply what they are. Uh, and that's essentially what it is. Yeah, it's a low energy uh, audio transmission protocol that they had to basically invent a new compression algorithm for the audio so that they could compress it you know enough so it wouldn't take a lot of processing power but also so it wouldn't sound like complete garbage when you're listening to it a delicate balance we saw this i think recently with heif 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 yeah for images for images exactly, yeah. and now it's kind of showing its uh showing its face in in this bluetooth low energy audio as well that's yeah really cool to hear it, yeah it's it's oh very good to hear exactly it's exciting for um especially for airpods and you know wireless earbuds as well as just generally wireless headphones but you know the wireless earbuds are usually a lot smaller have a lot smaller battery and are challenged for battery life and they're especially they're trying to jam in you know pro features like noise canceling and stuff so being able to reduce how much energy the bluetooth takes up 
Oh, that's that's that could be game changing for battery life. Especially as these earbuds age, battery life decreases, and sometimes it drops off a cliff. Yeah, it just it, exactly it's gone. Like you could use your AirPods comfortably for a couple hours, and now you're just throwing in the charger left, right, center. And you can't get a charge. Uh, so oh gosh, this don't th- don't don't remind me what's going to happen in a year. <laughs> so uh, this yeah, will make so a we'll difference. see we'll see this rolling out uh, to devices starting probably you know, spring, summer, and eventually maybe all devices by the end of the year might start having it, but it really won't be standard till, uh, you know, probably a year or two. So yeah, that's the first thing that's very exciting. Second thing, honestly, this was almost my most exciting, most surprised thing I saw at the, and I'm, I'm glad I saved this for last, uh, but it's Roland. Have you ever even heard of this company? I have not. I knew I had a friend named Roland once. So he, okay, did so he start Roland, a company? Yeah, he, uh, he maybe did? he did. Wow. Okay, tell call. me more. But Roland, it's R-O-L-A-N-D. They're a company that's been around for a good time, actually, uh, making audio gear from mics to audio recorders to, I think, even some musical, like, instrument-type stuff. So they're very well-versed in audio. And what they announced was something they're calling Go Livecast. Oh, and it's cool. a live-streaming audio and video studio for smartphones and tablets. So it's a studio for live streaming audio. What like when how would it be used? Li- What's live the streaming case? video and audio from your smartphone? So basically, what it is is you download the app, and it's this little desktop, kind of like you know a Magic Trackpad. Sure. But like a little, little tilted up a little more, so there's a connection for an XLR plugin on the back, so you can connect a mic. And essentially, you download the app to your phone, and this device lets you switch between your smartphone's front or rear camera. Um, you can even add a second smartphone so you can switch between smartphone cameras over Wi-Fi. Like, it's ridiculous. You can mute the cameras, turn up the gain, do split screen mode. You can switch mics. Like, it's, I don't know. This this seems incredibly well-timed. We'll have to see how it actually works. But for $250, this seems like, you know, a Twitch streamer's dream. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to figure out how it was used in... That sounds incredible for either YouTube live streaming, Twitch yep. live streaming, any kind of live streaming. You're basically using your phone, which is great. It already records great. I mean, yeah, phones are better cameras than most cameras, you know. Yeah, and especially for streaming, like they're basically optimized for that to some degree. Like exactly. no one's going to notice the quality. This this is genuinely useful and coming in at a great price, I want to say. Yeah, and so this is something that like I said though, you know, it's going to depend how well they make the app, how well the whole thing works together, you know, um, but keep an eye out for this because this could be something that kind of creates a whole new category of products. And, you know, we see some releases from some bigger names trying to jump into this space as well. And that's when it gets exciting. Yeah. So. And that's that's also a little bit of a risk, right? This could be a Gen 1 product and then the Gen 2 is just so much better. So... I guess you could jump in and embrace it or potentially hold off. But either way, this product and many more that we saw at CES are, uh, they're they're exciting and they're products I'm looking forward to seeing that hopefully come out. I know some of them are, but some of them were more concepts. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Is that, is that it? That's everything? That That's it for me. I mean, we'll probably get a couple more products released tomorrow, but like I said, I'll try to include anything else that we really like in the blog post as well. Uh, in the order so you can jump around find the stuff that we mentioned because honestly i've forgotten the first thing that we talked about on this episode i'm glad we have a document typed up of all the things we talked about because yeah it was a lot at ces 
And, you know, I'm glad it only happens once a year because I could not take this much uh, news and new devices coming out all at once. It's pretty great. So, yeah, uh, check out Gabe's site. It will be linked in the show notes. Also, follow us at Pinch to Zoom Pod on Twitter, at Pinch to Zoom Podcast on Instagram, and you can email us at Pinch to Zoom Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we look forward to talking to you in our next episode. I noticed you were adjusting some settings. I want to make sure you're situated properly over there before beginning this episode. <clears throat> make sure audio for you is set right. I think it should be good. Are you talking now? Good, I can't hear you. Yeah, it's... Wait a minute. Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> that should be the intro. This should be the outro. Yeah. We have a, we have golden content here. Already. I've never used any of the stuff that came before it for the outro, though.